we march ever nearer to the 2023-2024 preseason, which of course means it's time for a bunch of lists. And when we're talking about young talents, when we're talking about centermen, has the Seattle Kraken forward Matty Beneers been snubbed? That and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to the Thursday edition of Locked on Kraken, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where we bring you your favorite team every single day or in the offseason, three days a week. My name is Erica L. Ayala. I am your host of Locked on Kraken. I also write and am an analyst for CBS Sports and CBS Sports HQ, which is a 24-7, 365 sports streaming service. So I will be very excited to cut my teeth on some overall NHL coverage this coming season, but that doesn't mean that I won't still be here again, bringing you your favorite team every single day when the Seattle Kraken get closer to preseason. And so as I mentioned... The time of year in which it is free agency has died down. The draft has come and gone. Of course, it was natural immediately before and immediately after the draft to then talk about prospects and all of these things. But now we're just starting to get a bunch of lists. Top NHL teams for this. Top NHL teams for that. And I think they're always interesting conversations. Um, I hate making predictions unless they are super far out and big, bad, and bold. But, um, you know, so I always find the lists at minimum interesting and ways that we can structure conversations here. And that's uh, got me thinking not just about the lists that we've done internally for Locked on NHL, but also I've taken you a few times over to Locked on NHL and the Western Conference episodes come out on Tuesdays. That's with Seth and Nick, your hosts or co-hosts of uh, Locked on Wild and Locked on Predators, respectively. Nick has squadcasted with Ann Kimmel and I, and I always find their conversations interesting, both when Seattle is mentioned and when Seattle is not mentioned. And uh, for this list, for the Western Conference top 10 forwards, Matty Beneers isn't on the list but he kind of is on the list. Let me take you over to Locked on NHL to explain what I mean. It was hard to, to kind of fill out the list because it's like, okay, who else is a franchise center right now? Mm -hmm. uh, some other names I kind of thought about, like Jordan Cairo in St. Louis. Like maybe he's another year away from being in the top 10. Uh, Trevor Zegras 
Like, I think that's another player that, like, you know, maybe one year from now, like, you know, as soon as he kind of has just that massive breakout year that I think a lot of Ducks fans are waiting, that's yeah. another one. I, I would also put um, – I, I think he's maybe one or two years away from getting on this list, but Matty Beneers would be a, an honorable mention too. Right. Um, had a fantastic season, but again, he's in, I think he's in Zegers territory right now is the talent is unquestioned. It's just, you want to see those guys do this a couple of times. And like you said, with Zegers, he's going to have that type of a season and everybody's going to know. And then boom, he's, he's up into the top 10. And then I'll note as well, top five players, 22 and under in the NHL, Jack Hughes, Tim Stutzla, then Connor Bedard at three, Maddie Beneers at four, and Trevor Zegris at five. So pretty, pretty spot on. And I, I would be shocked if a year from now, one of those guys on the 22 and under list in either Bedard or Zegris or Beneers, if we check back and we do this again, I'd be shocked if at least one of those guys is not on this list come next year. So That was a snippet from this week's episode of the Locked On NHL Western Conference show with Seth and Nick. And I will let you go over to Locked On NHL and make it a part of your daily destination after you listen to Locked On Kraken. So we're not going to play that whole segment. And I'm not going to give you their top 10 centers. You're going to have to go listen and check it out for yourself. Um, But their list is different from another list that came out from Locked On NHL across all of our hosts. But I enjoyed the conversation about Maddie Beneers. I particularly enjoyed that Seth and Nick, and I think a lot of other people fall into this category, do think that Maddie Beneers could be the future. And thinking of that, I'm going to show you some of the locked on NHL rankings and the categories and the ones where the Seattle Kraken are mentioned. We're going to talk about on this episode. And then we'll talk about the ones that the Seattle Kraken was not mentioned. And there's some of them that I think absolutely the Seattle Kraken should have been on the list. But um, just to close up this on Maddie Beneers. And, and again, you should listen to the Locked on NHL episode because I thought they really did a great job also kind of breaking down why having Connor Bedard on some of these lists, as in NHL players at the top of their game now, is a little bit of a farce. Because if we're not willing to put Trevor Zegris, Maddie Beneers, and some other young people on these lists, then how is Connor Bedard on the list. And I get it. You want to say that he's a generational talent, that he's maybe one of the more, if not the best talented uh, player to come into the ranks. He hasn't played an NHL game yet. You know, he hasn't played an NHL game. So technically he's not an NHLer in my book. And I think we need to pump the brakes on Connor Bedard being on some of these lists. But anyway, as promised, coming up next on Locked on Kraken, let's talk about the the top five lists. Again, this was a survey done by Locked on NHL hosts. And I'll tell you where we did see the Seattle Kraken. And then we're going to close out the show with something that I, I mentioned in passing 
earlier last week, I believe it was, but another story about enforcers has crossed my desk, so to speak. And I want to put it into context about the NHL and even the Seattle Kraken. All that coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. Today's episode of Locked on Kraken, once again, brought to you by FanDuel. Football season, along with hockey season, is a, right around the corner, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, talk about big, bad, bold bets. When you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every one of their victories. You can use the bonus bets on things like spreads, player props, over-unders, future bets in the NHL maybe, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on. And as always, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Kraken. We like that you make us a part of your daily routine. Whether you are an OGer since before our YouTube days, whether you are now an everydayer and want to see if I'm going to talk about Dave Haxtell and if he's wearing socks with his slides or not, <laughs> we have a little bit of something for everyone. Or at least we hope so. So if you're not already, subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers by November. I think we can do it. I'm feeling good, feeling confident about it. And uh, also rate and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And sure, share with other people who you think should listen, even if it's just to disagree with some of my hot takes Speaking of hot takes, I mentioned that we have some top five lists. I believe it's uh, seven overall that we did for the Locked on NHL, sh uh, with the Locked on NHL channel, I should say, across all the Locked on NHL shows. So hosts like myself, we submitted our number, and this is the overall tally. So first we'll start with the lists where Seattle makes an appearance. And question of the day is, what do you think about Seattle's rankings in our Locked On NHL lists? We're going to start with Best NHL Logo. Hello. We come in at number five. I don't understand the obsession with the Red Wings logo or the Maple Leafs logo for that matter. I feel like the Maple Leafs logo a lot of times gets some... Um, it gets clout because it's an OG logo. Um, it's not that it offends me, but it doesn't really do much for me one way or another. That's kind of how I feel about the Detroit logo, which again is number one. I don't get it, but I will say that that logo will always remind me of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I think there's some of these logos, including quite honestly for me, the Pittsburgh logo, which I think is up there. Top five, mm, I could go either way. And then the Kachina for the Arizona Coyotes. I think the Coyotes really uh, should be, if it's not going to be Seattle at one, it should be Arizona at one. I really like the Kings logo, but again, I think that has some pop culture references for me. Same things with the the Anaheim Ducks logo, especially the one that's the, the Mighty Ducks logo. But having the Kraken at five, 
I mean, you think the you think the Maple Leafs logo is cooler than ours? I don't know. I like our color scheme better. Uh, I like the texture, for lack of a better word. I don't know, you know, graphic design people tell me if I'm using the right word, but the Kachina you can see here, or even quite honestly, the Detroit logo they have character and they have texture i get the maple leaf you know it have the has the leaf veins but i don't know and then the pens jersey you know it has dimension it has texture it has angles but i don't know the seattle kraken logo to me is both texturized in multiple ways while also being super clean and sleek and i think the most clean the most sleek uh, designs in our top five are the, the our number four and five. So I don't know, but let me know in the comments. Do you agree with this top five NHL logos as voted on by the Locked On NHL hosts? Let me know in the comments or hit me up on social media at Locked On Kraken. The other list where we see a NHL or excuse me, a Seattle Kraken player make the list is top five NHL players 22 and under. Maddie Beneers comes in at five, the aforementioned Zegrist. Again, Connor Bedard. Connor Bedard, who's played zero NHL games. He's not even he's not, he's a draft pick. He's not an NHL player. He's a draft pick. So I think if I were if I were the host of a team who has a high, like has a great prospect who's under 22 and didn't make this list, and Connor Bedard made this list, I'd be like, okay, what? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not with it for this one. So uh yeah, but those are the lists. Where, again, Seattle, the organization, or a member of the Seattle Kraken make an appearance. Which means that there are more lists than not that do not include Seattle in some way. I mean, haters gonna hate, so we'll see. But the big uh, poll that I'm looking for is the preseason poll. We talked about that so much in the regular season. And I think it's important the polls that we do and the power rankings that we do. Sometimes we kind of change up the format, which I don't like because I think the whole purpose of power ranking is, is that you can see from week one to week, like 60 or whatever the case is, what the variance has been. So I'm going to definitely take a look at our preseason poll. I honestly don't know where I would rank the Kraken right now, um, but we always have these with a grain of salt. At minimum, they are conversation starters. But uh, let me know what you think about those. Again, uh, top five logo where Seattle was on the list, and then top five prospects under 22. Top five, uh, excuse me, not prospects. See, because now I'm getting my head confused. Top five NHL players. All right. And then, of course, we talked about um, Matty Beneers as a centerman. Is he a top 10 centerman right now? Mm, I mean, there's a part of me that wants to say yes because of what he the value added that he had from Seattle. But that's definitely a very Seattle looking perspective. Um, so I think it's OK for him to be an honorable mention for um, Seth and for Nick. But again, let me know in the comments. That's the question of the day. How are you feeling about these rankings? 
uh, where Seattle is, where Maddie Benares is. Coming up, and we'll close the show with this. Is it the end of The Enforcer? But for real this time. Let's talk about something that's happening in junior hockey and also something that's been making its rounds as part of conversation in the Locked On NHL channel. Okay. I mentioned this in an episode. I thought it was last week. Maybe it was this week. But I mentioned in passing that um, the hockey writers, or excuse me, the hockey news has dedicated writers for each of the 32 NHL teams, as well as women's hockey. Uh, One writer for all of women's hockey, but I digress. Um, And it was Glenn, who is the writer for um, the Seattle Kraken, who had a really interesting story. I thought it was interesting. And he was able to um, kind of break down the Seattle Kraken and how they've been able to thrive without an enforcer. But um, he also talked to a former NHLer who has his own book and he talks a lot about playing that enforcer role and how it affected his life. And um, so it's an autobiography, the autobiography of Glenn Globinski, a little knock won't hurt you. My life as an, as a hockey enforcer. So I, I haven't, I had never heard of Alan. I didn't know about this book, but again, I think Glenn does really great work covering the Seattle Kraken and he brings other things in. So that was the first article that I saw. This came out on August 8th. So maybe it was, um, anyway, I know I mentioned it in passing and maybe not specifically by the title, which is Kraken have thrived without enforcer Seattle's winning by committee succeeds through toughness, not goonery. Hello. Um, but then there's this other article, because as you know, I keep tabs on what the hockey, what not only what the Seattle Kraken hockey beat is up to. We've talked about Emerald city hockey sound of hockey. Of course, the Seattle times with Kate and Jeff, um, Ryan S Clark and Glenn. And this comes from Jeff Baker at the Seattle times. And he wrote earlier this week, junior league fighting ban, another step closer to NHL also eliminating it. For those who are not familiar, it was announced recently that the Quebec major or excuse me, Quebec major junior hockey league, one of the three major junior NHL feeder circuits, Um, positioned a notch below professional hockey, Jeff Baker writes, announced it had effectively banned fighting altogether. Um, And so Jeff goes on to write, there are no plans yet to replicate that in the uh, Ontario Hockey League or the Western Hockey League. Um, But uh, Kolzig, who was quoted earlier, and that is um, Olaf Kolzig, a goaltender who also apparently taught Carey Price how to fight. Uh, Kolzik expects that we will start to see a push in other junior leagues, which, uh, again, is inevitably going to impact the NHL on the ice, uh, if not impact the NHL within its doctrine, its doctrines, within its policies, within its bylaws, within its CBA. So I think this is really interesting for, again, OGers and everydayers. You know, I think 
fighting in hockey is one of the most ridiculous things. It's uh, it's really interesting for me as a baseball fan to uh, wrap my mind around every league everywhere um, trying to tighten up the game and speed the game along. And then here comes hockey where it's just like, nope, we're going to give them free reign to pummel on each other. First of all, it's a waste of time. Second of all, it's so <laughs> stupid. Um, I, I really don't think fisticuffs actually throwing punches while you're on skates on ice is advisable at any level. Not to mention that you're going bare knuckles with a guy who may or may not still have his helmet on. But even if he was courteous enough to take it off before you started wailing punches, you were punching into someone with a very decent amount of equipment. And why do I say that? Because it's not like they're going for body hits but have you seen a hockey fight? Do you think the accuracy is really that great? Which, of course, is because they are trying to punch another human being while on skates. And since the aim isn't great, and again, only equipment that is usually thrown off are the gloves, where you, what you use to hold the hockey stick, and then the helmet, which is used to protect your head and at least the top part of your face, like... This makes no sense. And even if you wanted to say, you know, it's entertaining, it's this, it's that, the NHL, in part, does not want its players playing in the Olympics or at international competitions because they don't want them to be hurt. But I guess fighting... In someone's logic, makes sense, and it is an okay way to have injury. But competing for your country for an Olympic medal for a world championship is whoa, we can't take that risk. I think fighting is so stupid. I applaud junior hockey starting to eliminate it, if only to move the game along. Come on. Hockey is thrilling. It's exciting. It doesn't need fighting. Now, there is a conversation to be had then uh, because the enforcer role, as much as it was really crazy goonery in the 70s up through arguably the 90s, there is a role, I still believe, in all of professional sports to send a message. And in Jeff's piece, he talks about no retaliation after that big hit on Jared McCann. And uh, there was no physical retaliation. The hit on, uh, now I'm blanking on the guy's name, the hit that then Colorado got, that was, I don't think it was purposefully done. I believe it was Eberly Wright that put that hit on. Was it reckless? Sure. Um, and intent doesn't matter, but that's just my opinion. Um, in Jeff's piece, he talks about there was no retaliation, no physical retaliation. 
I mean, I think it's a pretty big statement to uh, send Colorado home. And am I saying that all of it should be delayed gratification? No. I am a baseball fan, and I sometimes do like when they clear the benches, which in some ways I know makes me a hypocrite uh, because it does delay the game. It is a little ridiculous. The punches, well, I do think the accuracy is a little bit better, although the punches are not thrown as often as you see in hockey. But um, maybe not clearing the benches, but I wish in some ways that you could still kind of throw behind a guy. More often than not, the the ball is thrown wide enough where there's, you know, you're not going to hit anyone. I like that better than what used to happen, which is giving them sweet chin music. You go high and tight, and sometimes that can hit you. And if you get hit high and tight, that's very dangerous. So I think there's ways we've seen it in baseball, uh, where baseball, I think, <laughs> is enforcing some things, I think, they're focused sometimes on the wrong thing. And so I'm curious to see how this plays out for hockey, but I am anti fighting in hockey, not just because I basically started watching hockey while watching the women's game, but uh, because I just think it's silly. But speaking of the women's game, you know, cause in, I already know some people are going to hear what I say. Maybe not my listeners. Cause you're all awesome. And you already know, I don't play that, but I do think there's a world in which people will say, Oh, the women's game is soft. Da, 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 da. The women's game doesn't have fighting. If having a sport that doesn't encourage fist fights is soft. Well then, yeah, I like the soft sports. I don't know. I don't like, I don't watch boxing. So I don't want to see boxing when I'm watching a hockey game. Anyway, but, or and, because there's not fighting in that way, when you do get hits, and sometimes you will put a hit on someone, there's a few reasons you might hit someone. Um, because they had it coming, <laughs> and you are trying to be an enforcer, or because they are, if you don't put them on the ground, they're going to score. And you've seen sports try to eliminate that. But sometimes you, you, you have to have what I call a good foul. It's a gamesmanship falls under that category. And sometimes, yeah, you know you might get a technical. You even know you might get ejected in a game. But you're going to you're going to hit someone. It's going to be a flagrant foul. And you know what? I think that's okay in sports because sports and officiating are in a weird place across the board. All the sports I cover, there are times where I just don't understand the absolute inconsistency and inconsistency, even when we're supposed to have the foolproof for inconsistency, like VAR, uh, like coaches challenges and to see people use technology and still get the call wrong because maybe they don't understand or have a different interpretation of the rules. Like, come on. It's exhausting as a fan. It's exhausting as someone who has to analyze games. And so I can only imagine that it is exhausting as a player. And if things and what is supposed to be the rule of law is not enforced, it's arbitrary, you will always see human beings. You will always see athletes that are in in a clash, right? When they're in the arena, there will always be ways for athletes to dictate how the game is played, whether it's within the refinement of the rules or not. I happen to think, though, that fighting 
is so outside of what is necessary that it is harmful. And CTE is mentioned in some of the articles. Again, you literally see guys, you know they broke or at least fractured something in their hand, busting a guy right in his visor. I don't think that's smart for the long-term health, certainly not of the players, but then if the players aren't healthy, uh, then how is that healthy for the business? So anyway, uh, yeah, definitely got up on my soapbox today, but uh, always glad that you make time and you make Locked On Kraken a part of your uh, daily destination and appointment listening. I mentioned it before, but we're going to go a little bit later in the day. I'm just trying a new schedule out, seeing how it works for me, seeing how it works for y'all. And um, we'll see what happens once we get closer to preseason or I should say training camp. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to one another. Hold fast. Stay, tr- stay true. And let's go cracking. I'll see you on our Firebirds Friday episode tomorrow. Peace.